Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we're back at it, and we're going to be pursuing a warning to rich oppressors. And mm -hmm. this is a quote from James 5. It says, now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, moths have eaten your clothes, your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. So what this is saying is that money really is a force of evil. And honestly, it is if you use it in a corruptible way. That is to continually making more and more of it, not using any of that wealth to help anybody, but just to be self-serving. And in the eyes of the world, people are seen as glorified if they operate that way. There's this idea that you are a self-made person, that if you take yourself from the bottom up and you make a lot of money, you did it. You don't owe it to anybody. Everybody owes you the recognition and the gratification that comes from saying, this man is a success. Let's look at him. Let's emulate him. This is what we aspire to. But the truth is, God's kingdom turns this upside down because God cares about the little people. The world treats those type of people as invisible. And the truth is, when you are seeing more and more people with an obscene amount of riches, we shouldn't envy them or we shouldn't re resent them, but we should realize that there is no way that they can really know God in their lives. And it's kind of unfortunate that only if something bad happens to them or somebody they care about, do they turn toward God and fall on their knees and ask for mercy and grace. But truthfully, if they can get away with that extravagance at the greatest peak that they can raise it to, they don't give thanks to anything except themselves. And all the glory and value goes to their attainments and their accomplishments. And what this quote is really saying is that in a lot of cases, you have to screw other people around to reach the peak of optimum wealth. That you don't do it with just normal, reasonable living, or you don't do it by thinking to yourself, well, 75% for me, 25% to help the world. There are a few philanthropical and wealthy people who think that way, but most people do not. They want 100% for themselves. They want the basketball court in the house. They want the 18 karat gold faucets in their mm -hmm. house. Things that totally exemplify that extravagance. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And they will even tell you that they believe in a higher power. They may say that. But the way they are living is not a manifestation of knowing God and wanting to have uh, mercy on those who are less fortunate. There is a lot of horror and degradation in many parts of the world. And we are all exposed to it because of social media. We can plug ourselves in anywhere and see the multitude of crimes or the despicable things that people do to make money. We're all aware of it. And those people who live by the sword unfortunately die by it. And there's a lot of reality in that. Well, that's, that is so true. But here's the thing also, Jackie, First, I heard this very interesting quote. It says, this quote said, if rich people were to tell poor people how they became rich and stay rich, I guarantee you the poor people would rather remain poor and just continue to serve God. Now, 
I, I love that. The other thing is living in, living in North America where we don't get to see countries like Africa and India, the poorest of neighborhood. I'm talking poor. Oh yes. Like if you're able to throw out a bread because you think it's stale, that's what they will crave and die for. That's what they will kill each other for. That, that, that's crumb of bread. Yeah. Right. So there are places in the world that haven't seen toothbrush or toothpaste or even water. Haven't right? seen shoes. Haven't seen shoes or yeah. clothes. Right. And we would, and these are things like the other day when I was taking out my, my old clothes, me and Jonathan and put them in a donation bag to, to hand out, it crossed my mind. And I'm like, there are people across this world that haven't seen a pair of pants in years. The one that they're wearing is so scruffled. It's so dirty. It's so ragged. It's filthy. It's, it's just, or maybe it's clean from washing so many times a day or a week just to re-put it back on. Yes. You know? And even like they have to skip meals in order to have a meal for the whole week. They have to not eat Monday and eat Thursday and not eat Saturday and Sunday to eat next Monday. And, and meanwhile, I'm throwing out food like that. Right. So if I'm looking at the rich people because they're rich and they have money, I used to pay attention to rich people, but now I don't, I don't pay attention to rich people anymore because me paying attention to them, I'm losing sight of myself. Right. I'm, it's kind of like a scapegoat. And the attention that I'm paying to, to, to rich people, I should pay attention to myself. It's like the Bible said, don't try to take the log out of your brother's eyes while yours is still there. Right. Because again, I'm asking myself, what is my contribution with or without, without money? Right. Because I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I'm serving God. But am I doing enough? For my, from, for, from my humanitarian perspective, am I doing enough? Do I have to be rich to start doing something? Am I only counting on the rich people to do what they need to do? What can I do? What about that Samaritan woman? What about that woman at the well that had just a little bit of oil and her only last glass of oil and she poured it on Jesus' feet? She didn't know where she was getting more oil. What about that, that woman that had the last penny but she put because God said he loves a cheerful giver? So all these rich people who are rich, they're rich. But, and if they say they're self-made rich, I can't tell them they're not self-made rich, right? I am not the one to dictate how they become rich or why they become rich. I don't care how they become rich because I'm not part of that inheritance anyways, right? My focus has to be, uh, what do I have access to right now? What is God providing me? Like the Bible says, you know, God says, if you're a Christian, this is what I want you to do. Not only I want you to serve me with all your heart and make my kingdom your priority, but what I want you to do as a Christian is to live a quiet life, not a flamboyant life, a quiet life, mind your own business and keep your hands working with whatever you can find to do. Yeah. As long as it's honest, right? So if I'm doing that, why should I be? And this is the problem with the world. Because the rich know that they're being idolized. The rich knows that they're being talked about. The rich know that they're, they're, they're like, they're the elites. Like they're on top and everybody wants to be where they are. And that is the problem because they've set a standard for themselves that we can't follow. And all we can do is try to bring them down, but they're not going to come down unless God bring them down. And why would I want to even taste a success of what they have? If I wasn't born into it, I don't know what it's like and I don't miss it and I don't crave for it because I wouldn't even know how to handle that. And if, and God only gives a man 
what is within his blessings, right? And a lot of these people that are rich, it didn't come from God. It didn't come from God. That's how I was going to interject. So the say fact something. that, yeah, and they don't put they they put what they have ahead of God, ahead of even knowing Him, because that's not a priority in in their thinking. Their goal is the accumulation of wealth, plain and simple. Well, the fact is, if they never really seek God in the beginning to get it, right? So God was never part of the, the plan. Yes. Right? If mm -hmm. God wasn't part of the plan to get something, why should God be part of the plan to maintain it and keep it? Right? So right there, we know who, like if, if I own this bowl, I don't know where this bowl come from, but I own it. Right? I didn't see God put it there. So why am I going to say, oh God, thank you for this bowl. It's like those people who win the Grammys, right? When they go up to accept the trophy for secular music, for rap and hip hop, I want to thank God for this trophy. Okay, why are you thanking God? But you wasn't thanking God in the booth when you were rapping all those rap songs to kill each other and steal each other. You think God was part of that making of that rap music so you can praise him now because you're accepting a trophy just because you want to seem noble in front of an audience? That's fake. It is. And we know that's not true. You're mm -hmm. not thanking God because you got a trophy. You're just doing what you think society wants you to see doing, wants to see you do it, right? So with rich people, they don't donate because it's, it's coming from their heart and it's a cheerful way of giving. They're donating because there's a bigger cause to give in because at the end, they have to have write-offs for their tax evasion. They have to, everything has to be done calculatively. Nothing is being done genuinely. So money for them is their God, right? Anybody who dares to touch it will be losing their lives. And the funny thing with rich people, do you think they sleep? They, let me tell you, rich people are the most restless people. They're the most paranoid people. Their stress level is so high. Their anxiety is so high. They don't, they don't have a, they don't have a complete life. They're incomplete. It's only the money that you see, but you don't see them. You don't see inside of them. We don't see inside of them. So we don't know how miserable they are. That's why a lot of them commit suicide. Why you have everything and you commit suicide? Because you're not complete. No matter how rich you are, there is a missing link, which is completeness. And that completeness can only come from the Holy Spirit. That completeness can only come from God. Because God made us one physical and he makes us spiritual. And the physical is what you see and hear, but the inside is the spiritual. And man die every day from loneliness from pain, from trauma, because why? That spiritual part is not being complete. It's not being fulfilled. They refuse to seek it. And God even hardened their heart. Why? Because they chose. God already knows who's going to enter into his kingdom. So these rich people, like the Kardashians, fame is their gold. Fame is their guard. Fame is their audience. Fame is everything. Everything has to be amplified, right? Everything is money. It just speaks money, money, money. But at the end of the day, we also are just like them. And I'll tell you why I say that. We may not have a lot of money to throw around like they do, but I guarantee you, if you go somewhere and you want, let's say the best table in the house and you call the waiter and you say, Hey, come here. 
I want the best table in the house. Here's 40 bucks. You don't have a lot to throw up. He's happy for the 40 bucks. He gets you the best table. You still use your money to get around. You use money as a power. You still use money. As poor as you are, you still use money as a power. So we're all guilty of it. At the end of the day, we're all guilty of using money as a power. So that the, 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 the main the main story of this topic is why do we use money as power and leverage to get what we want? And why can't it just be from our own natural, you know, from our own natural consciousness? Why do we have to push money in people's face to get things done? Why do you have to put, push money in people's face to say that, yeah, I'm such a good giver when I'm not? Why do we have to use money to make us seem real when we're fake? It's, they're pretty big questions. They're really huge questions. And so many people do live with that facade, I agree, that they just want to look like they're making a contribution to the world, even though they have a huge amount of money, just to donate even a fraction of it, as you say, makes them look like they have value in the eyes of the ordinary person. And they use that word philanthropist. That. Yes. And they make it sound like, you know, they are genuinely helping the world. But as the Bible so clearly points out, God looks at the heart. And that is really how he judges your relationship to money and your relationship to God. Because if your heart is not giving out of a genuine commitment to knowing God. And there's a motive. And there's a motive there. Then you have, you have broken you know, um, your ability to... Or you've deeply fragmented your ability yeah. to be obedient to it's what God's word. It's not transparent at all. Yes. At yeah. So it, it, it's complicated, but I think it's worth saying because, as I say, of the tragedies that are really amplified at this time. And I mean tragedies like in terms of a tent city mm -hmm. and these kind of things, you know, where um, people don't have a place to live. I mean, this is a serious issue. People sleeping on subways, sleeping mm -hmm. on buses, you know, building a place outside of parks and things because they have no housing, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you look at this and you think and, and buildings that are put up, condos are being put up at higher and higher prices mm -hmm. to cater only to the elites and the people that can afford them. Mm -hmm. For the ordinary person, you're being priced out of certain aspects of living. Mm -hmm. And we all want to live well. I mean, we mm -hmm. want security and safety and comforts in our house. But we have to realize that it is more important to have God know your heart and let your heart speak the justice that's needed. You know what I mean? Because I just think that truly wealthy people don't view money as anything except idolatry. You know, something that they really, really worship. Well, society has done a good job in putting, using money to keep us at levels, right? That's why they have the middle class and the lower class and the upper class, right? It's all based off of money, right? And that's why they have all these different stores, right? So, who would have who would have thought of bringing a store called No Frills because it's a no name brand, a no name brand for who? Who goes to shop at the no name brand? But then I see these rich people line up at these food banks, knowing that they can't afford it, and still going and robbing those who need it. Of course, like I mean, they you know they have the wait the rich people. I see them in Value Village. When I know they can go to Salvation to Army Sal and Salvation Army, I mean, when I totally. know they can go to any store and buy, mm -hmm. right? 
They refuse. They're always at the bargain hunting. But then there you go again, Deb. Isn't that hoarding? That that's what the scriptures say. It is hoarding. It's hoarding. It's it's hoarding the money. Like I mean, if you just want to get your excitement and your fulfillment from looking at numbers on a page, where does it translate into you being able to give and and realize that there's value in that money, not just in looking after you, but in helping the world around you? There was and I think that's what God wants us. There to was do. a story the other day about this man who died and. He left some money under his bed and his family is convinced that this man have more money stashed somewhere. They just don't know where Hmm. died and couldn't and couldn't enjoy that money because all he did was save, 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 save. He ran out of places to save that. He starts storing it under the bed. So his family is on a hunt. He wouldn't put it in the bank. Wow. He was just stashing it wherever he could find a hole. So it's like, so now he sends them on a wild goose chase to find the money. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's such a fascinating subject that you could talk about endlessly. But even I will see if I go into a bank, you know, and I see a really broken down, debilitated older person, you know, and you know that whoever is with him is just there to probably pull out some of the money that he has salted away so diligently, you know, and I'm thinking, you never enjoyed this. And somebody's just waiting for you to kick it so they can utilize it. Well, we see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I work in the healthcare field and I see how many families are waiting for the parents to just, you know, close and their I do, eyes. I do accounting to, and bookkeeping. Yeah, I see to it take too. that money. Yeah. Their family is in, the, is in the nursing home and they refuse to spend their family money to buy them any personal needs, any essentials, you know. And they, they come, they look by the window, spend five minutes, they don't even sit down and feed their family. They don't sit down and do nothing with and play with their family. All they think about is that money that's coming in the pension and they're grabbing and they're grabbing and it's like, Oh mom, when will you die already? Okay. I'm tired of coming here now. Dad, why are you still alive? Why? Meanwhile, the bank account is almost done. Like my mom called me today and she's like, her dad is 97 years old and he put his daughter in charge of his finances. And what apparently what she's been doing is spending his money. And he get to realize he called her and said, Hey, I want you to give your brother $200. And she said to dad, I don't have $200 to give my brother. He goes, well, they're taking it up from my account. She goes, what account? He's like, what do you mean? What account? <laughs> so that prompted him now to get on a plane and fly down to the Caribbean to sort out his bank account. When he went into the bank, she already spent over four or $5,000 on herself. So what did he do? He removed her name. He put my mom name and his, and his other son name. Right? So I, I said to my mom, I said, well, since dad is trusting you and, and, and uncle with his money, I hope you guys do justice and not spend his money because money certainly turned people funny. Money turned people funny. As soon as money comes, things change. People change. Money change people. And it's not for the good. It's for the worse. Because people are just obsessed with having this and having that. And money will make you lose your parents. Money will make you lose friends. Money will make you lose a job. Because if you work at a bank and you see money, you want to steal money. If you work in a finance company and you want to rip people off, that's a good way to do it. You know, money. If you don't have a good integrity... Money, money, can, money will corrupt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope you guys are not self-made, but know that God creates everything. 
He gives you the assurance of waking up every day so you can go make that money that you think that he's not producing for you. He's giving you the grace by which you're living because it's not, it's not something you earn. It's a gift. He's given us grace and mercy to earn. And even though you think that God wasn't present when you were making all that money, oh, he sees everything and he knows everything. And even though you didn't pray to him to get your riches and you pray to whoever else you pray to, let me tell you something. You could still end up losing everything by his will because you haven't even stepped into your purpose yet that he has for you. So maybe his will for you was not for you to be rich, but the minute he's ready for you, he can remove all that riches from you. What are you going to do then? Can you live without it? At the end of the day, a lot of people don't want to know God because God rules is too strict for them. And they rather live by their own rules. Right? They rather live by their own will. They don't want God's will. Why do I want God's will? If I ask God for a house, he's going to tell me yes or no or wait. And I've been waiting for the last 15 years and God still haven't produced a house. But if I work for the devil, I will get the house right away. And a lot of people work for the devil. Let's face it. They do. Devil worshipers. Mm -hmm. You know, I see this weekend was the last Easter weekend. This famous pastor, Todd, Mike Todd, and Evelyn is what? Transformation Church. And his church turned this whole thing into a Grammy. And I'm thinking all I can see is dollar signs. That church is all about money because it's not about saving souls. It's not about preaching God's word. It's about glorifying Hollywood, right? And everything about that speaks money because who would allow you to turn your church into an award show singing Beyonce song in a church? Who would, who would pay you that amount to do that? And if, the, if you, if your members are real true Christian, why would they still be promoting your church and paying you to preach false doctrine to people and sending them to hell? Why would you? As a church member, why wouldn't you not speak up? Because you Money. think that way and it produces wealth for you. Money, to think exactly. So there's a lot of false teaching out there, but I tell people all the time, you can fake and fake and fake as long as you want. You're not faking God, you fake in yourself and the public, right? And you can only, and you're not invincible because you just a breath away. God can blow his breath and you're gone. So the question is, who are you risking your life for? And what are you risking it for? It's very true. I think that money, love of money really is the root of a lot he of said evil. it. He said it. And I think that's probably the truest statement because I think this is really what happens is that money is glorified, it's idealized, it's worshipped. And um, you as a person have your value defined by the wealth that you have. And that's not the way that God sees you. God sees you as a human being. He looks at your heart. He looks at your soul. He sees you from a spiritual point of view. And I think if money is important to you, but, and you have a lot of it, as long as you know that God comes first and should anything happen to your wealth or the things that you value, that you haven't lost yourself and you haven't lost your soul or your will to live. My wish is not to be rich. My, my, and I don't have a, a wish. It's what God's plan is for me. I accept God's will. 
Yes, that's, that's what it. I ask for. And as what well. I want is to be comfortable. Yep. I don't want to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. If it's within God's will for me to be wealthy, trust me, I won't be rich for too long because I will be given like it's Christmas. I'd be giving it away like Christmas. That's why I can't win. That's why I don't play lotteries. Because if I win, I know I won't have the earnings. I don't play lottery. Well, I know for myself, I am not a hoarder of money. I do see the importance of money if I have something that I need to accomplish. If it's a certain debt or if it's something to do with a home and things like that, I do see the value of having money. Um, But I could never see myself, you know, just getting excited, looking at a bank statement and watching money grow and grow and grow. I'm not going to lie. That will excite me. That would excite you? It will excite me. I mean, especially if it's honest money. If it's good money. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously like, like you me, like to save something. But I mean, I, I find that a lot of people that save in excess do without to, to put themselves in that position. That they Yeah, but the Bible really, also told yes. you not to be a frugal not to be frugal. And he said, not to be an overspender. Proverbs talk about that. Yes. He says, I think, which scripture was that? I think I wrote it down, but even Proverbs was saying, you know, enjoy your wealth today because tomorrow may not last. That's true. But I always remember Oprah said something even more important when I used to watch her shows years ago. And she said that money is a mindset that if you were a fool, when you were broke, you will be a fool when you're rich. If you were cheap, when you were broke, You're going to be cheap when you're rich. So I think that that's a really interesting way to look at it. That really um, everybody has uh, a mindset in terms of their behavior patterns that determines how they respond to money. Whether it's something that they glorify, worship, idealize, or something that they basically use foolishly and recklessly. And as you said, there's a balance there. And that's the hard part. That's the very hard part. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy this segment. One into the rich. If you get rich, remember to share the wealth. Absolutely. <laughs>